Welcome to Boardroom Media. My name is Velvet Bell Templeman and I'm here talking to Greg Keith, Chief Executive Officer, and Saeed Jahani, National Managing Partner of Financial Advisory at Grant Thornton. Greg is a former insolvency and restructuring partner, and Saeed is an expert in turnaround and corporate restructuring. Today, we'll be talking about how companies can restructure their workforce to help weather the impending economic downturn and hopefully save jobs in the process. Thanks so much for joining us, Greg and Saeed. Thanks, Velvet. Thank you, Velvet. So, Saeed, the unemployment rate before Christmas was just above 5%. Some economists have suggested that COVID-19 could see the unemployment rate rise as high as 30%. And Treasury's modelling released yesterday suggests that unemployment will peak around 10% for the June quarter. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I think whichever way you look at it, we're heading for, you know, either low double-digit unemployment or, or yeah, at best high single-digit unemployment. Uh, Treasury consensus seems to be on the money. I mean, there was also some IMF modelling that came out yesterday as well, which supported that, you know, that sharp uh, increase. Obviously, without the government stimulus that we've had over the last few weeks, it would be a lot, lot higher. I don't actually think it'll get to 30%. Uh, I mean, big question around, you know, what it will peak at is going to be linked to how long this crisis is going to last for, which I don't actually think any of us have the answer to. You know, there was interesting data that came out uh, yesterday as well from CBO around uh, credit card and debit card spend, which saw, you know, something up to 60% declines across a wide variety of sectors in consumer spending. And, you know, there is this significant multiplier effect um, as every, you know, percentage uh, point increase in unemployment, you know, will lead to a, you know, a decline in GDP as people have less money to, to spend. Uh, obviously, there is a big role for government to, to play here as being a, a bit of a stopgap and, and a circuit breaker. Otherwise, we will just continue to go into this uh, death spiral um, as unemployment continues to rise. Although I, I noticed, Saeed, that uh, the peace people are still spending on alcohol and food, so it looks like that, that's going to help us get there. Hopefully. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't wages typically the largest expense of any business? So for cash-strapped businesses, this must be a tempting area to look to cut back on. Is redundancy the only option available to make those savings? Well, look, historically, employers may have looked at redundancy, you know, in the, in the first instance when they were considering dealing with surplus labour. Um, but we're in unprecedented times here. And you know, what we're saying to clients is you need to be a lot more innovative in how you deal with your workforce and how you, yes, deal with probably the largest expense, your profit and loss. Um, in fact, you know, what we're actively encouraging clients to do is consider redundancy as a last option, uh, not just because it actually creates a large upfront cash drain on the business as you have to fund termination payments in circumstances where we need clients to think about how they can actually stockpile cash but probably just taking a longer term picture you know and when this crisis is over and it will be over at some point in time the ability to recommence operations the ability to scale back up to uh to pre-covid 19 levels will be a lot harder and much more costly for a business that has let go and terminated their workforce or large chunks of their workforce as opposed to approaching it in a more innovative uh, and flexible way. So what we're saying to clients is, you know, try to take a more collaborative approach 
with your workforce to achieve, um, you know, a flexible outcome to deal with, you know, what may be surplus labour. And it's much more powerful. It can be much more cohesive, developing a sustainable approach uh, to this issue. Um, and look, it will take different forms for different businesses. It really depends on a case-by-case situation. Uh, but, you know, we're trying to encourage employers to look at it more innovatively and, and look at redundancy as a, as a last option not a first option. Now, Greg, Grant Thornton has recently looked at their own business and you've made some pretty big changes to how you operate in anticipation of a coming slump, haven't you? Yeah, look, we have Bell to Bell. We, um, uh, we felt there was a couple of issues. The first one, of course, that hit us was around the, the health pandemic and that made us really stop and question how we actually worked. And so... Yeah, we were concerned for our people's health and their well-being and then the flow-on impact, impacts on their family. And we were also concerned from a business perspective of losing a whole you know, team or, or a chunk of our office. So, um, so we really encouraged our people to work from home. And, uh, and so within about 10 days, we went from 15% remote work to 95% remote work. So part of our restructure has been how we, how we work together. Um, and then almost immediately on the back of that, uh, no sooner had we caught our breath than it became clear that uh, the health pandemic was actually leading into a, a potentially global recession. And so we, um, we felt that there was a lot of uncertainty around the impact that would have on our clients and on the economy. And as Saeed's just mentioned, how long this will go for. But what we did know is that from the, you know, the late 80s and the global financial crisis, um, you're always better to go hard and go early. Uh, because it only gets tougher when, when the impacts really start to take effect. And what we also know is that cash is king. And whilst profitability is always important, the emphasis on your ability for, uh, with cash flow becomes absolutely critical. So whilst people may be trading with you, do they have the capacity to pay? And what, what impact does that have on your business? So we, um, we did some scenario planning over nine months. We ran it out from March to Christmas. Uh, and we, we made assumptions on reductions in both revenue and uh, collections. Uh, and, of course, we reduced all of our discretionary spending, which really meant that we then had to balance the cash flow and look at our other fixed expenses. So for our partners, that, that's, that's meant a reduction in, in their um, take-home pay of, of 20% of their base wage. Uh, and there's no profit draws. So whilst we're continuing to work probably harder than we ever have and, and additional hours, in actual fact, we, we've reduced our, our, um, our take-home pay for the partners between 30 and 50%. And for our people, we, we explained the issues to them. Um, we were very open and honest and transparent. And, and we asked them whether they would voluntarily agree to reduce their hours by 20%, which obviously has a flow-on effect to, to pay. Um, and we received a 93% acceptance, which just blows me away. And uh, we received enormous support and acceptance from our people because we really want to keep people employed. And as Saeed said, it's just so critical to come out of this with an intact and engaged workforce. And also, you know, what is clear is that it has unified us because, you know, people really do care about each other and, and their well-being and their mental well-being and their financial well-being. So um, it's been, a, it's been a, a bit of a manic march for us, um, but I feel we're in a pretty good position. And Greg, why workplace restructuring? Well, it's almost Darwinian, isn't it? It's, it's, uh, it's survival of the fittest because the environment's changed so much. And 
We know that in the short and medium term, we can see that the environment's changed and we don't even really know what the long term holds. I think there'll be a new normal. I don't see us ever going back exactly where, the way we were in, in how we work and how we interact with one another. So the old rules no longer apply and, and therefore um, you know, this unique situation of a global health pandemic leading to a, you know, a likely global recession means that we needed to be agile and um, you know, we've got to be courageous in making decisions whilst, whilst being calm and decisive. So you know, we'll never get all of the perfect information, but we do have to make judgment calls and, and, and accept that restructuring is critical if we're going to shape our business to a form where it's going to be able to engage and be successful, not only to survive this current transition, and we don't know how long this, this period will go for, but also to have one eye on the future to figure out, well, how can we set ourselves up so that when we do come out of this, you know, we're, we're in a position where we can be successful in the long term. And so, you know, in that environment, um, I think the restructure is, is absolutely critical and there'll be very few businesses that are able to, to go through this period without making a change. This sounds like a brilliant initiative for knowledge workers and office-based workforces, but can this be applied to other industries like the trades? Um, I, I might take that one, uh, Velvet. I think it can. Um, you know, as I said before, every, uh, every case and every business is slightly different, so you just need to think about how you uh, adapt it. Um, but you know, there were ways, even before COVID-19, where you know, employers were being flexible in how they dealt with their workforce, um, whether it's working from home, whether it's job sharing. In one view, this is an extension of that. Um, and it's a response to, you know, a reduction in demand. So if you, as a consequence of demand for your services or your products declining, you know, you need to pull back the, the labour force lever. Um, how you pull that back is, I think, you know, what will distinguish uh, your recovery at the back end. As Greg's mentioned, you know, we've, we've done sort of a 20% reduction in hours and in remuneration. You know, we've seen, you know, that doesn't necessarily suit every business out there. So we've seen situations where uh, some businesses have actually kept, you know, broken their workforce into two and had a team A and a team B, you know, working like a real A team. Uh, we've seen situations where clients have actually uh, stood down their workforce um, or parts of their workforce and, and, and relied on, on JobKeeper providing income support. Um, and, and then we've also seen situations where uh, through the JobKeeper legislation that's recently passed, which has created flexibility for employers to be able to change job descriptions, uh, change roles and duties for their workforce, um, being taking a more you know, broader approach uh, to how they allocate roles and responsibilities. This all sounds very much aligned with the Prime Minister's call to all businesses to keep their workforce. And as you mentioned, the generous JobKeeper package certainly supports this. Greg, will we see more examples of workforce restructuring? And what are some variations that you think we might see? Yeah, look, I, I mean, so he's just touched on a couple of them. I mean, obviously, you know, as he said, I think, you know, some people will do the team A and team B. I think that's becoming increasingly common rather than um, just the working from home. And, and in fact, Bell, Bell, you yourself are saying your organisation's, you know, doing a bit of that yourselves. I, I think that uh, people are also questioning their core business at the moment and, and assessing you know, what it is they actually make. We've seen people shift into hand sanitizer, ventilators, 
moving into takeaway rather than restaurants. And that's also changed who, who it is they actually need and what skills they need. So people are looking at their employees versus the contractors and, and assessing how they can shift work you know, more so towards their employees. Um, they're also looking at, you know, in relation to their remuneration, do they, do they cut jobs or save jobs by spreading that across the load? And then whilst we're talking about, you know, the basics around, around the workforce, I, I think we've also got to mention that in times like this, you also need to look at some of your other fixed expenses and challenge yourself around things like your rent. And obviously, the, uh, the Prime Minister has also been quite vocal about encouraging people to have conversations around how they might vary that or extend their lease and spread that out. And of course, the banks are being incredibly accommodating at the moment as well, so that fixed repayment terms can also be negotiated, which can take some of the pressure off the workforce having to carry all of the load. You mentioned some pretty strong changes to your own company, Greg. From implementing this yourself, what advice would you give to anyone considering workforce restructuring for their business? Um, I'd start off by wishing them good luck, um, <laughs> uh, because it's, it's not for the it's not for the light-hearted. Um, but I think there's probably ten. 10 things that, that come to mind. The first I touched on early, and that's go hard and go early because it gets tougher. If you, if you wait until your cash resources have been impacted, then you have to go in harder. And so go hard early, go hard and go early is the first one. I think you've, you've got to treat your, um, your, your work colleagues with respect. And so being open and transparent with them around the facts is really important. And it helps to build trust, which I think is so critical for people to get through this. If we want to say we're all in this together, then you actually have to be willing to trust people uh, with more information. I think it helps if you can share with them that you've done scenario planning so that you've got some facts and you haven't just put your finger in the air, but you have done what you can to come up with um, the right options. Fourth point is that cash is king. And you need to shift your thinking. So in our case, for example, next year, we're not going to do a normal budget. We're going to do a cash flow forecast. So we're really shifting our business mindset towards cash. The fifth one is that uh, the workforce needs to understand that the, work, the owners are leading in the pain. They can't see that they're taking all the pain. They need to know that the owners are taking more pain so that they, they can see that, that, that there's some equality and some fairness in that. The sixth I'd say is that share pain is a lot better than a couple of people taking it all. So saving jobs over cutting jobs um, has such an impact on people's mindset, their well-being, but it also says a lot about your culture of the organisation, about your values of an organisation. And, and if you're wanting people to remain engaged and have trust with you when we come out of this, I think that at least giving that your absolute best is critical. The seventh, I would say, is communication is really important. And, of course, that's changed in this environment. You can't just get everyone together in a room. It has to be done virtually. Um, and, and so for me, I found using the live webinar was more, more personable and authentic. It may be a little bit riskier because you can stumble a bit and you're going through some tough messaging, but at least people can see, um, can see you and they know it's live and it's real. The eighth, I would say, is that choice is empowering, and I, I really can't can't understate this. Um, we didn't take from our people um, a day, a week. We, we gave them the option to voluntarily give that. So whilst the end result might be the same, the feeling they have if someone's taken something from them, as compared to them realising that this was critical to save jobs and that they, they chose to give that so that others could retain employed, 
gives them a completely different emotional connection to the situation. The ninth is that I think people need to understand that there's a reason we're doing this. Um, and so for us, you now the mantra that we've really brought in is we, we want to save as many jobs for as long as we can. And I think that that's something that we can all connect to. And the last and the tenth one is, is just remain calm. You know, people want to see calmness in leadership, but, but you'll have to be courageous because leaders have to step up in these sort of tough times. Some great advice there. Thanks, Greg. Now, Saeed, if, as the Prime Minister says, the measures we put in place now need to work for the next six months, will workforce restructuring change the way the businesses work in the long term? Or will it simply be a matter of going back to business as usual when the market turns? I think um, I think it'll probably be somewhere in between. I mean, since it's an interesting question. I've had a number of conversations with clients already who are thinking about, you know, that very point. And, and I think the, the consensus seems to be that we probably will go back to a degree of normality after the crisis ends. But the pendulum probably won't swing all the way back to, to where we were. I think people have become, either by choice or by, um, by force, more comfortable in doing business virtually uh, without having to necessarily jump on planes, doing more business online um, and doing more business, you know, working from home. So I suspect we'll retain elements of that um, more so than we had previously, um, which will you know, have positive and negative impacts for, for various businesses out there in the broader community. Where, where we exactly land, I, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. And I think you know, we'll, we'll find a medium somewhere on that continuum. But uh, this has been a learning experience for, for everyone involved. And it will be interesting to see you know, how the dust settles. Saeed and Greg, thank you for your time. Thanks a lot for having us. Thank you. You can find further information on how COVID-19 might affect your business and assistance is available to you on the COVID-19 hub at grantthornton.com.au forward slash COVID-19. My name is Velvet Bell Templeman and you're listening to Boardroom Media.